Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, what up? What's good, y'all? I'm Sabrina. And who are you? Let the people decide. You're today. so annoying. Okay, well, that's International Nasty, the CV Assassin, Assassin. Black Gold. Yo, I'm Black Gold today. You're Black Gold today. If you know, you know. If you don't, you could call him. Yeah. Where's Nasty? Jay. Shout out to Mr. Mao. Mm. Um, I want to say middle, yeah, middle school. You were black gold in middle school. I was black. He's he's the guy that gave me the black gold nickname. Now, do we we like him? Like, do we feel good about the context of being called black gold? He was honestly one of the first Indian people I ever had interactions with. Mm. Okay, <laughs> well, the the views of Mister Mao do not <laughs> represent the views of uh, uh, any the, of the Chaudhrys or myself, or the the larger Indian Indian community. community. And all, I can't all, make those types of statements. But I can talk about my family. All billion. Billion plus of you? 1.3 and growing. Or, or not. I don't really know. No, it's, it's growing. Okay. All right, cool. Well, welcome y'all to episode five. I keep wanting to say episode six. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, episode you're, five. You're like the Joe Budden of this of this podcast. Where like, I never know what episode yeah, we're on. you never know what number. Oh, man. I don't want to be the Joe Budden of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, so it's episode five of Stay Silent Public Radio. Shouts to everybody who has been listening we like kind of leveled up this episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we got new mics. We got a new camera. We got all the things. And um, if you hear us like real crispy, we can do some ASMR now. Nah, yo. I'm still not sold on ASMR. That th- There's literally ASMR for everything. So no, like no. you find which one you get sold on. That's how it works. All right. Like uh, there are things, I'm, like I'm trying to think knowing you. I don't know. Like I love a soap cutting video. Ooh, I love... This chiropractor, like cracking. Yeah, I, I guess they could just keep the food stuff though. Like, it's like, I don't really want to. Oh, hear you. God. Some of those is, are is, so creepy. Is that a, that's a mukbang? No, there's ASMR videos. Mukbangs, mukbangs are uh, like. Damn, I am putting enough spice on it. <laughs> I don't know. Yo, I don't really know anything. So, uh, you know, looking at, I know some, I know many things, but I'm not sure which way to say it or how we uh, should be saying it. I'm gonna tap. I'm gonna tap back in next episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a definitely. You know, hit up some of your homies. See what it's called. Yeah, but so like, what's the difference? So I think a mukbang slash mukbang is video content while eating food. Gotcha. So you can do like interviews or conversations or challenges while you're eating. Gotcha. But gotcha. the eating is like an activity that's happening. But ASMR food videos are usually like. I'm eating a pickle with like a freaking <laughs> <laughs> a, a like microphone strapped to my neck. Got you. Or like weird things. I, Some no, people I do de- really yeah, weird I, I things. Ass, I did not know the difference. Well, now you know. Appreciate you. You're so welcome because YouTube is the only form of content I have nowadays. Not bad. You're like you're like a 16 year old. Yeah, and also like people upload their TikToks there, so hmm. I get my yeah, TikToks on yo, YouTube. Now I was gonna say low key. It's like. I'm like, I consume TikTok, but on Instagram. Yeah, on Reels. Yeah. And but like people like just- Just po- upload it. So yeah. on YouTube, it's called Shorts. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Yeah, they just launched that. They're all the same thing. Beta. Yeah. We'll get there soon, I'm sure. Mm. So how you feeling any different since our last our last uh, <laughs> hey, if, you know, if you ain't va- If you ain't vacuumed, don't at me. <laughs> I feel like you should say, if you ain't vaccined, don't at Not, me. Yo, man. If I, you ain't vaccined, don't at me. I feel Come like, on. you know what I'm saying? Like- the way that Brent Fires sang it on that, you want it, you want vacied? Yeah, because vacied does sound nasty. Because yeah. why? It's just a weird word. It's I don't ma- ever want to be like, up. "Yo, y'all, I got vacied." Like yeah, nah, that, that right. could be a lot of things. Real. <laughs> so you vacied now? I'm vacied though. How you feeling? 
Yo, I feel I feel good. Um, I guess you feel like you have superpowers. This is like this is gonna be like my diary. So you mm-hmm. know, I'm still alive. I'm still here. So clearly, you, you had some skepticisms a few. I think three episodes ago. Yeah, no, no, I didn't have skepticism. We can go back on the tape and check. You was that. gonna always get it, but you just had some questions. Nah, I had some questions, and two is like I'm not, I'm not really questioning nobody. That's like, oh, I'm not taking. Oh yeah, it. for like, sure. It's like yo, that if that's not for you, that yo, that's not that's not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first dose, I really didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like it was like regular. My my arm hurt for a little bit. Yeah. Then the second dose, I just felt like mad tired. Right. Like for like a, like I won't I even say for a full day, maybe for like 12 hours. Mm. Like I felt mad, mad tired. And then the next day it was pretty much like back to normal. Mm. My mother, who was a lot older than me, she didn't feel anything on, yeah. on either dose, which is, awesome. I, I thought it was pretty fire. Yeah. My mom too. She had reaction to the first one, but again, normal, like just tired and some fatigue, but that's, that's it. And yeah. then second dose, she was good. And I'm glad, I'm thankful that Rhode Island's doing pretty good on getting different populations vaccinated. We can always do better, but I'm excited that I'm hopefully getting vaccine soon. Yeah, vaccinated. I'm going to be vaccinated. You'll be Yeah, I've been thinking about like the, um, you know, like now it's like, all right, I'm vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'm vaccinated, right? No, please, no. <laughs> now I'm vaccinated. But, uh, but I've been thinking about like now it's like the mental portion of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, okay, like, all right. Like can that, I can that, I change up what no, I'm doing? No, like now I'm like, I'm not, you know, you don't have like the general COVID anxiety, mm-hmm. but you still, you know, you still have like the trauma of COVID <laughs> Yo, anxiety. That's that like, yeah, you, you like, you know, you outside, you see people, it's like, oh, I don't, you know, like I'm walking and I'm by myself, but I don't have a mask on, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, should I be, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like how to change now that you are allowed to do things differently. It's like how much can you do differently? And yeah, it's definitely a big shock. I'm excited to like be able to start implementing some of those changes once I'm vaccinated. And it definitely feels like it's like two classes of people. It's like now the people who can do things and then all the rest of us still. Oh, you mean everybody that's going to Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah. Nah, yo, you know what's mad funny? This, um, the, the spring break shit? I, I, sent, I, sent, I sent somebody this recently. I'm not going to put them on blast, mm-hmm. but if she's listening, she knows who she is, mm-hmm. right? Um, she went to Puerto Rico prior, uh, like right before COVID hit, yep. right? It's narrowing down the people for you. Yeah, yeah, and everyone else. <laughs> so I sent, and everyone else who listens to this podcast. So I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I sent her this meme that was basically like, um, "Oh, now everybody wants to go to Puerto Rico, <laughs> a bitch when you left the house." <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, that's you." No, not I just, you. That's what you said. Yeah, to her. no, I just thought it was just mad funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like the traveling stuff is definitely like we America hit. Uh, the number, like the highest number of travelers since the pandemic started, like over the last two weekends. Like people coming here or No, going, just airport traffic. Mm. So just like the number of people in airports has been the highest it's been since last March. Wow. So people are definitely feeling more comfortable to travel. Obviously, vaccinated people can do much more than the normal person, but I just wonder how much, how quickly, how fast. Yeah, I think it's a combination of vaccines, uh, the stimulus hitting, Oh Lord! <laughs> and then the prices of of flights are they really cheap? I have oh, yeah. not been on a Southwest uh, I, Expedia. Somebody sent me like a, a oh, flight yeah. voucher. They're like, let me let me fly you out. <laughs> no, they sent <laughs> yes, yeah, so they sent me the con- they sent me a confirmation. confirmation. No, nah, but somebody sent me like a, a screenshot of 
a round trip to Japan, which was like less than $500. Oh my goodness. I feel like it's all of that plus we're coming in, like spring is hitting. Mm. It's like not only is it the vaccines, the cases dropping, like the yeah, money hitting the bank account is like now it's warm out. No, you know, you know that this summer is going to be crazy. Oh man. Because last summer was crazy and there was no Last summer was crazy? What? <laughs> All right, maybe maybe on like the the on the low. I was like, was it crazy? No, last summer was crazy. What did you do last summer? I'm not I'm not saying for me, I'm saying for the world. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know what you did last summer cuz I was like you talking about it's crazy. Yo, I was like last yo, I'm summer. I'm not going to hold crazy? you. Yo, that movie used to scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. summer. That's like the yo. When I what? was like, when I was a kid, <laughs> yo. What were you scared of? I still don't even understand what was going on in that movie. I used to, I used to think that there was somebody outside your house at my window. Okay. Because of because of that movie. I'm so sorry. Like I don't that even remember. You. I don't even remember how old I was, but I do not remember the premise of that movie. Me either, but that shit just scared the fuck out <laughs> of me. That and the Blair Witch Project. No, the Blair Witch Project was like you know. It was a moment in time. A mm. lot of children were scared from that, but I don't need, like I don't even remember what the fuck that was about. It was like these white people in the woods making like a firsthand POV <laughs> of like being chased. I don't know. Hmm, sounds like Instagram Live. <laughs> <laughs> now YouTubers just do that every day, but Bet. it was nuts at the time. I don't actually know. They were like seeking out a witch from the woods. All right, I'm a. I gotta go. That's that's something I've been doing recently. You do not need to go back and watch the Blair Witch Project. You don't think so? No. Why not? There's so many films we should be focusing our energy on. Uh, but I mean, if you really want to, like you 1000% don't need to watch I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, that, <laughs> that like, it, you know, like, you know, that movie wasn't that good because it doesn't really get brought up and like, yo, have you ever seen? No. Yeah. No. And if you like horror films, that's like the premise of the whole not another scary movie mm. or whatever it was. Scary movie. What do you mean? Not another teen movie. How old are we again? Yo, take a shot every time. Take a shot of wheatgrass every time I ask how old we are on this podcast. But yeah, real. I, I uh, no, you were saying last summer was crazy. I'm I'm gonna say last summer was mild at best. No, nah, but it was a great summer. I got outside a lot, you know. But I think this summer. I mean, yo, we had like at the beginning of the pan- pandemic. Mm-hmm. I remember we used to have like conversations, and I would be like, yo, if, after this pandemic. No, no, I said oh. if they don't figure this shit out mm-hmm. in like. Oh, yeah. A, you a gave few, them like four months. Yeah. So if they don't figure this out in four months, like there's going to be underground parties. There's going to be all that. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, no, like I don't that see that. That is not what happened. Are you serious? Yes. What happened? You were like, there's going to be underground parties. And I was like, it's not my business. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be a part of the underground I, 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 party I, I, I economy. I like that answer. I like that answer. That's what happened. Uh, but I did. You were like adamant, like, nah, they're about to be. And I was like, they probably, I mean, you think I put it past the world? And, uh, I don't. I know that, like, you know, people got to get together, got to get out. So now w- things are lifting. Miami Beach was crazy before pandemic. Post-pandemic, you can't put a rule or a curfew in place that'll stop. Looks like a zombie apocalypse oh, yo, that, out there. Yo, the videos of spring break literally look like Freaknik. It's worse than that. It's like, I'm like, oh, Freaknik, there wasn't a deadly <laughs> disease raging through the literal air. Like, you know, Freaknik was, like, crowded and unsafe, and there was lots of, like, crowd control and safety issues, but, you know, there's also this other factor that's called a global pandemic. Real. My, Florida has, like, the highest number of cases growing. They hit 2 million cases of COVID. Yo. Florida. Yeah, like, they just, you know, 
Just Florida. Bugs, like I saw somebody tweet the other day, Bugs Bunny had the right idea. <laughs> no, will they all, will people understand that? I mean, yo, the, the Bugs Bunny meme of him cutting Florida from the rest of America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like spring hitting at this time is, it's just getting us to a different place. Hmm. Like I feel like. It's, it's like Amory weather. Yeah, almost. Yo, the first time you feel sun after the winter of 2020, I was just like, yo. yo now you know I've never been outside before. You know what's mad funny? Mm. Like on the way over here. Like I was like, yo, this is like the most um like adult thing. It's like you got you got the top down, but you playing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, yo, this like something about this just don't feel yeah, right. Yeah, like it's got, like the windows are all rolled down, and you drive by a kid who's like, what is he listening to? And it's like NPR Morning Edition. I've been listening to this shit about Google, mm. like the rise of, like I don't know, like the rise of Google, the rise like, of Google, 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 <laughs> Google. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, the rise of Google. You can listen to it too on your local podcast but, app, but. No, to, to touch back on something though, the first day though that it's been warm, mm-hmm. what, like what was the like? What's your I have your your go to of music or music. podcasts? Okay, music. Yeah, I, I hope <laughs> we don't get to the point where it's like this is my spring podcast. <laughs> there are probably good spring podcasts. Nah, I'm, I'm I'll find some for the next our next episode. Um, the first thing I do whenever it hits sixty degrees is I listen to the internet. Every like, what, like I don't always song I start from song one on ego death and then I listen to the whole catalog. Wow. In order. And then if That's I'm feeling not- frisky, I listen to Sid's album. And then if I'm feeling real frisky, I go listen to Steve Lacey's album. Mm. For me, it depends what time it is. Of day. Okay, like, so it's eleven AM. You're going to get a smoothie at glow. You know, I'm, i might start with uh, rising to the top. Mm, you know? Okay. I might start with that. Like that's like you know that's like until about four thirty. You, you know? got the rising to the top glasses on. <laughs> Yo, I respect that. <laughs> you really do. I respect that. We just gotta get you like some shiny button ups. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I, re- I respect that, but it's like you know from when you wake up till about four thirty, mm-hmm. that's that's gonna get it get it popping. I rock with that. Uh, you know, midday is um, Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. You know, like which any- one? My love. Whew, damn. <laughs> damn. Maybe you. But the no re- one loves Jason. Loves Jason. No one loves Mary J. Blige more than men. But Yo, also specifically you. You know what's the thing that the thing that's interesting to me. Also, R.I.P. to Prince Marky D. Mm-hmm. He wrote. I, I had no idea about this, but he wrote and produced the majority of her first album. Mm. So what's like, the four one one? Yeah, like so he was a part of the legendary rap group, the Fat Boys, mm. and he wrote. Was like, he signed to Uptown? Yeah, like well, he worked, like he worked in and around mm. them, but I had no idea like that he did all all of that work. Mm. But have you, know, you and Hill ever cried to a Mary J album, album together? together? I mean, probably by ourselves. But, but together, to, <laughs> nah. Mm. I can't wait till y'all hit that level of brothership. Yeah, man, brothership. <laughs> nah, I, I'm not gonna hold you. Like I think about this often though. Yeah. So for me, I don't think it can just be one song that like I. I I don't know, like, how do I put this? Like, a three-song sequence on an album, mm. like, for me, is, like, that. Can, one, it can make or break an album. Two, that's just how I play music in the car. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if I play these three records back-to-back, like, it's just it's just going to get me in a, in a place. You're such a DJ. I, I am. Mm. But Mary J. Blige's album, What's the 401, there is a three-song sequence on there that you- It's the perfect set of music? For the spring. For the spring. All right, go ahead. Song one. Um, 
Does it go? Does it go reminisce? Should we pull it up? I don't know. Is it? It's either. It's, what's no? The, uh, is a? I believe it's reminisce. Yep. Real love and you until you remind me. Mm. Yo, that right there with with the with the sunroof open. Mm. Yo, you will feel some feelings, man. I hope you. I I really hope you drive by some people and like they see you doing that and it just warms their heart. Yo. I, I got me Mary J. Blige. I hope you will. I hope you do. Like she, I she, hope you will. Like I, I feel like if if I have, you know like she like I, like when I met Cameron, I told him I just said yo thank you. And you also told him your favorite rap line. I didn't, but um, but if I ever met Mary J. Blige, I would just tell her thank you. Yeah, I think Mary is um one of those artists that the when you sit with her catalog, you're just like, how did one person do this? And you're still so young and so capable. Um, but if you haven't, you should watch. I know you have, but the Mary J. Blige, uh, I think it was her tribute on the BT Awards. Mm. She did it to her. She did like a medley, yeah, a 19 minute who, medley. Who else? Who else is going to do else? it? Who else? Yeah. So I feel like if y'all haven't seen that, you should Google. I think it was 2019. You should Google. Google. You should Google the 2019 Mary J. Blige uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Because, mm. ooh, and Rihanna presented her the award and Diddy introduced it. It was, it was great. So walk, go watch that if y'all need some summertime, springtime energy. Also, watch Snowfall. Yo, a, <laughs> lot, a lot of you... I finally... This is under, like Jay's Snowfall Corner. Go no, ahead. Tell us about I it. I finally understand. See me, like, I've never been somebody to, like, watch TV, like, watch a show... As it's live. As it's happening on TV. So this is, like, a very new thing for me. And it's been... Now I understand like the whole spoiler thing and not going on Twitter or Instagram or people in group chats like talking about these shows as it's, as it's happening. But yo, y'all need to fucking catch up mm. because we need, to, we need to start talking about this. Okay. I have so many seasons to watch. Yo. It's going to be every, September by the time we can talk about this yo, on this Breck, podcast. Yo, Breck tweeted me about this other day. He's like, oh, I haven't, I, he's like, I haven't watched any episodes yet. And I was like, you, I don't know, like, say he tweeted me like on, on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you will be caught up on Wednesday because everybody that I know that like just starts watching it randomly, mm-hmm. like they. That's how I was with Four Life. Mm. So I could see it, but there's way is, more. This is way, this is way better than Four Life. And there's way more episodes. Yeah. So I gotta figure it out. I right, put it this way, Drew. Mm-hmm. He don't watch. No, I don't even know if Drew has a fucking TV in his house. I don't know. Drew he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have a TV in. In an area where you can mm-hmm. see it. And he was like, yo, I was up late watching Snowfall yesterday. <laughs> so that's how you know this show is That fun. was your Drew voice is on point. Yeah, you know. Sorry to Drew if he doesn't think <laughs> that it is. I, I know a guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, there's, I'm glad that you have these. Please. These week please. to week things to keep you going. Because, yo, man, spoiler alert, spoiler no. alert. No. No, I'm not going to tell what happened, but. yo, Watch it. I'm going to ruin it. Man, Leon is fucking up. Like, come on, man. Jay has used every platform that he has to tell us Leon is fucking up. Yeah, and I man. feel like, what did Leon do? Because Jay put it in yeah. his free base newsletter that Leon's fucking up. He put it on his Instagram page that Leon is fucking up. Have you tweeted that Leon's fucking up? Oh, yeah, up? of course. Tweeted of that course. Leon's fucking up. And now he's telling all y'all and, and, on and, episode and, five. And Franklin's moving a little, he's, he's moving with a little bit too much compassion right Franklin now. Franklin is too nice. Yeah. You've heard it here first. And I now know what NFTs are. Yeah. You've heard that here first. All right. So. <laughs> you going to quiz me? Yeah, no, that's fucking crazy, though, because literally. 
for like, a refresher, if you haven't, you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to episode four where I have no clue what is happening about NFTs. But it, it's to me, it's, it's hilarious because we went from like, like it just being like this new thing yeah. to like now it's like, oh, like this is the thing everybody got to fucking know about. know about. I know. So, it so, didn't, that trajectory didn't happen with cryptocurrency. Yeah, no, like it, it wasn't like, oh, everyone was talking about cryptocurrency like in 2014 and then all of a sudden it was on every news station. So what have you learned? <clears throat> an NFT. <laughs> now, I feel like I understand what an NFT is because I now get that it is quantifiably rare. That phrase was like used to describe it, which means like you can actually see how scarce it is. So like, that's like when people use the word minted. Minted. Got it. Yeah. Like, so yeah, like, I mean, they use that for sneakers and stuff too. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was a point that I understood from a podcast I listened to about it. Actually, it was the 1A podcast, NPR's 1A. And um, so that was a good explanation because I think doing things digitally, it feels like you can make endless amounts of something. Mm. But understanding that that blockchain technology that you mentioned in the last podcast, um, you know, that that is the specific technology that makes something quantifiably rare. So there is a certain amount of this. There's not going to be any more of it. It can't be made. You know what I, what I find interesting mm. about like all of all the stuff going on with NFTs, yeah. but also the rise of like li live streaming. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've been noticing, you know, people will be like, like with touring is like, you know, you go to different cities and each city is like a different experience. Right. But there's artists that during the pandemic, they've toyed with doing toyed. that. Yeah. With doing um, like digital like live streams, but it'll be like, but it'll have like a, a geo, a, a geo gate mm. where basically if you live, like, let's say they were coming to Boston. Mm -hmm. If you live outside a certain radius of Boston, you would not be able to buy a ticket really? for that concert. So like they would like, say they did like 10 dates mm. or something like that. They would be like, it's like, oh, this is the New York date. This is the Boston. Mm. So it's like something they were doing with, with live streaming. Mm -hmm. So but, and I was Who like, did this? Do you know any of the artists that did it? Off the top, off the top, mm. no. So but, everybody whack. But no, but it. but there, but but there, I don't know. There's a there's a a platform called like Moment mm. that I was like looking oh, at. Oh yeah, I remember that, that that you know like they're kind of doing they have geo gates and all of that. I also think I maybe I, right or I'm wrong. I think Kate Renata may have may mm. have done this. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but so for me, I was like, yo, it's kind of interesting how they're finding ways to make the internet not infinite. Yeah. Because that's always been my biggest, like, commentary is, like, you know, like... Yeah, well, or you, decentralized. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But, but even it's, like, yeah, when you have... Like, I always say, like, yeah, when you have a magazine, you There's know... There's a page one and a page 40, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's interesting that they're finding a way to cap the internet in that way. Like, they're basically really creating real estate mm -hmm. on on the internet and some people would say like oh my god like yo you're colonizing the internet mm -hmm. and some people don't people don't want that but so i it's interesting to see that and nfts kind of happening at the at the same, same time. time what what is an nft like literally non-fungible <laughs> is it fungible is the word? fungible is a weird word non-fungible technology <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh production production google that <laughs> Uh, Google, what does NFT mean? I, I bet you like that. Yo, like, I'm so mad that I didn't get that from it. But they didn't say that. So yeah, we're they, gonna we're gonna teach y'all because we weren't taught. All right. An NFT is a non-fungible token. Yeah, non-fungible non token. Word. Well, now we know. I don't know what fungible means. 
And <laughs> yeah. I, I've never used it ever, but it yeah. sounds cool. It does sound bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's NFT. And I love these tech times with Jay. JTech. JTech. <laughs> <laughs> I also, um, do you have any other, you know, upcoming technology notes to give us? No, I I actually find it mad funny that I've become the resident tech guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have like no idea about. Well, I mean, I like I'm into this shit, but not like not like. Yeah, that. you're not like deep. But. Oh, no, yo, something though that I think is mad interesting that's happening is what Jay Z and Jack Dorsey are doing. Mm. Uh, oh my god, yo, Jay Z, Jay Z moment, Jay Z moment. Jay Z's the goat. But I've been thinking this. It's interesting, like whatever. Like Jay Z's on the board of Square. He sold part of Title. He sold part of title to Square. To Square. And then he took a board seat. Mm-hmm. Took a board seat. But something that's very interesting, and I don't know, like, when you think about, like, all of these people that work in the technology space, like Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Sorry. And I, I don't know, like, for me, I'm not too, I'm not too crazy about that guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I, I just think the way that he has a vision for the world is just not, I don't know. He has too much power to have that type of vision. Vision. But mm-hmm. then he doesn't really have like a clear stance. Yeah. And then, you know, like, you know, you have a lot, a lot of people who are like into Elon Musk and, but I, you know, like I, I started listening to an Elon Musk interview and that nigga was just confusing the fuck out of mm. me. Like I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. But you like Jack Dorsey. But, but Jack Dorsey is like, I feel like he's a very relatable tech person. Mm. Like, I don't know, just listen to some of his interviews. Like, go on I, I rock with him as much as you can rock with the. Tech giant, yeah, but but it's it's interesting, like the things that he wants to do in the tech space. But what I think is very interesting is like Square. Like Square is also the company that owns Cash App, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because Cash App has really changed our lives. Yeah, like yo, it's, like I use Cash App probably more than my banking app. Yo, and but that's the point is so when you think about this, so. I don't know, if you think about like from a personal level mm-hmm. and then you think about like, I don't know, like if you ever traveled out the country to a country that really where most of the people are unbanked. Right. So like, yo, know, when you go to Cape Verde, it's not like niggas is walking around with debit cards. Like, right. It's, it's very few people that have access to those things. And so there's a big push. So like in America, there's places where people are unbanked. Right. But you even think about like how this type of shit can change the world. But then, like, what I'm seeing, like, what, what Hove and Jack Dorsey are doing that's really interesting to me is, like, do Square... Well, I say, I guess this is more Jack Dor- Dorsey with, with Square, is that, like, yo, if you're a small business, like, they've literally just started their own bank. Mm. So, like, for us, like, yo, when we want to open the club, full transparency moment, like, yo, we will, you know, we will go to banks and they wouldn't fucking lend us money. Yeah, like, I think we've told the story, but... Like, yeah, they wouldn't, you know, like, they just, like, didn't... Like the numbers did not make sense, or it, they didn't want to commit to that level of risk, especially in our industry. I but, think as a self-funded, because we didn't have a physical location when we were throwing events, they didn't understand how we made money. But the interesting thing is, like, if you use a platform like Square, they have all of your sales data. They understand how much your customers spend, and they'll offer you loans at reasonable interest rates based around what you do, and they just deposit the money into your account so that's something i think is like has the power to change a lot of like young entrepreneurs or young creative people's like trajectory of their business because you know traditional banks they won't give you any money right so i'm just interested to see 
how that shifts things. And it's, I don't know, like, it, it honestly, like, when I see this type of shit, like, obviously, it's like, I have, I do have, you know, all the jokes aside that I make about Jay-Z fans. <laughs> like, I, ha- I have, a, I have a big respect for, for Jay-Z and a lot of the business stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, seeing the play that, that they're putting in motion, you know, when you see title coming into the fold, you have Rock Nation. Like, I, it's like, I think we've come to see that obviously Jay-Z always thinks five, 10 years in the future. So I'm interested to see what comes from this. Like my prediction is like- Another yo, Jay prediction. Is, yo, you're a, you're an up and coming artist. Yes. You know, you sell merchandise, you sell tickets through the Square platform, right? So they can see your customers, they can see how often people are buying. All that, right? Mm-hmm. You're building this database and now they're funding you Based on that, they're funding you based on that for your music career at a lower, in, at a way lower interest rate, and you retain ownership and all that, which a record label would never do for you. Mm. And I think that shit is gonna fucking ch- change the, the music industry. Mm. So we'll, we'll tap back into like two or three years okay. on that point. Cool. I can't wait to hear more about it. Nastradamus. Nastradamus. J Tech and Nastradamus. <laughs> Yo, add more names to the black gold. CV Assassin. CB Assassin International Nasty Repertoire. Word. I'm glad. I'm glad that you that you understand NFT. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because one thing I got from the podcast I listened to also is like we have mm. to wrap our minds around the fact that digital has value, mm. and that that's kind of the largest jump that consumers are having right now is that they do recognize that digital is valuable. And we talked a lot about it in the last podcast, but I think for different generations, it's easier for our generation. There's still some resistance. Whereas like, I think younger generations are like, no, I get it. I get how a sneaker could be only digital and be really valuable. And, and you know, that's, I guess like in, in life, like mm-hmm. the space that, that I'm, that I try to remain in or remind myself, even like also like on some DJ and shit is being as like, yo, like, yo, I even saw like a tweet about this recently. Like somebody put it like really well, but it's like, yo, you can obviously love the tools and like use the tools, mm-hmm. but don't fall in love with them. Mm, use the tools, but don't fall in love with the tools. So, so like, so like realizing that's like, yo, a lot of this, a lot of this shit is, you know, it's things that we enjoy and, and love, right. but, but at the same time, it's like, yo, it's, it's going to change. So like a lot of times, like even like with like digit, like digital, whatever, like, yo, we came from an era where it's like, yeah, we bought CDs mm-hmm. and then we started stealing music. So CDs quickly lost their value. Right. And then, you know what I mean? Like we saw that plummet. Then now, you know, like even like when like Spotify or Netflix came, it was like, yo, like- This wh- makes no sense, why, but now that's all. Mm-hmm. Why would I pay for this? And now people are paying. But, but then I remember like there's people that's way younger than us that- that's all they know. Like yeah. they've never had bought a mixtape at a store mm-hmm. or an album. So, oh. oh man, how old are we? <laughs> That's two wee grass shots. <laughs> Yo, but it, it's fucked up because I always think about it for like my, like our parents, right? Mm-hmm. This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently with this shit is, you know, like to me, it's kind of dope to see my mother use an iPad or something like right. that. Or like she's like on Viber and all these things. And all these things, but you know, like obviously, her technology proficiency is dependent on on me. Oh, yes, we are the IT department for our whole families. But it, the thing that's nuts, because I always think about this in terms of money. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I guess, you can think about this in terms of lifestyle, ideas, or different things. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, like our parents, 
you know, they just did with what they had. They understand the world through their lens. And, you know, like they got us to where we are because of how they understood the world. Mm -hmm. But I also think for our generation that we're in a space right now where if we stay married to a lot of those ideas, like even like financially, like if we stay married to the way that our parents understood Mm -hmm. money, like, yeah, we might be poor forever. Mm. Like, so it's like, how do you, how do you respect and acknowledge like, yo, they had their own experience, but yo, we live in a fucking different world right now. Mm -hmm. And we have to, we have to be cool with that. And also understand that, yo, they're not going to get it. Like, or maybe, maybe they, I'll give them credit that maybe they will be open-minded to try to understand. But for the most part, it's like, I don't know, like if you, you know, if you tell your parents right now, like, oh, I sell NFTs. Like, they're like, yeah, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. I also think their, like, learning curve, like, how we're adapting to, like, new technology, and they just had a very different learning curve. Like, they literally, well, for our families specifically, they were learning new languages. They were learning, like, new systems. There was such a different... It was, like, so much bigger than the technology portion alone. And so I think about that, too, is, like, what they... They were very adaptable, and they had to be to, like, get to the part of life that they got to. But I'm also, you know, I'm aware that... I have to continue to like hold boundaries and kind of reshape the perspective of what my goals are when my mom is talking about certain things that Mm. she expects where it's like, yo, I'm not saying you're wrong, but like that doesn't work for me anymore. You know what's crazy about that Mm. is for me, I think about it like this. And it's like something I think about a lot with like just like black people in in general Mm. is, you know, for a long time, like or not just black people, but you even say like children, immigrants, first generation or whatever. But I always think about it in terms of black people specifically is like, yo, for a long time, like our families or people who came before us, like they're just in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when do you get to the point where you start living? Mm-hmm. Like where it's like, cause I think that to me, that shit is the ultimate luxury. Like I, like I personally think that's what I think white privilege is. Mm-hmm. Is that like they have the they have the luxury of just living like they're not living outside to, of survival mode. And yeah. I'm not even talking about like I'm talking about like like mentally. Right. Like how do you step out of that space of like even if you do have all of the things you need, like you're looking at things like oh like you know like like think about it in a financial space, right? Where it's like yo. There was a point where in your family where yo ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars like that might be the most money that right. anybody. I had. don't know if we're out of that. No, if I, I'm being completely honest. No, I agree. So yeah, there's definitely like yeah, ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. But the, but the interest, but I guess like the interesting thing about that is for for us the way that we're taught, like we're not taught how to leverage money. Right. Like we're taught it's like oh you have this money. Like you can twenty thousand dollars is all you have to spend. You either work hard and keep making, like you'll be able to keep this money, or you don't, and you'll mess it all up. Like the yeah. fear of money is just so large, at least in our my household. Yeah, I, I think for for a lot of mm-hmm. us, it's like you think about all of like all of these spaces and how like our relationship to money, finances, real estate, education, like all of this, and just realizing that like yo, a lot of that shit has changed. And we gotta look at we gotta look at it different. And in in my opinion, is like if we don't look at it different, then we'll never really start living. Like we'll always be in that space right. of being like, well, what if this? We, I, you know, I can't invest in this business, or I can't do this, or I can't try something different, or do anything. 
out of the box mm-hmm. because our parents didn't have the luxury to do that. And I, for me, sometimes I wonder is like, you know, I think about like the job, like the type of jobs that we have. It's like, yo, like it, it, it's not lost on me that you know my mother was a housekeeper. She cleaned people's toilets and houses for for a living, mm-hmm. but that also provided me with the opportunity to do where I'm at right now. Like I couldn't even imagine being a DJ right. if she didn't take those things. But I also give my mother a lot of credit for allowing me to live, like not to put, like, you know what I mean? Like it could be very easy to be like, this is what my life has been. So this is what your life has Mm -hmm. to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I do think it's dope for her to have a different vision for you. I think in my household, my dad was always an entrepreneur too, in his own way. And like would figure out again, bankability never was a thing. Like Mm. getting, like getting funding from whatever support systems to build business was never a thing. So I think, Coming from that awareness, I also, I think I had to break out of my perspective of that. Like, Mm. I'll never have an opportunity to get banked. I'll never have an opportunity to have somebody fund something for me. So I always, like, when we never got funded, I I never even batted an eye This is just how the door is Yeah, this is how it's going to be for me. So, like, I think that's been an important change for me is, like, no, like, actually these systems are inequitable they're they're purposefully like leaving out by design it's by design so i think like once i started to realize like i actually deserve the access to certain things or that this my parents the things that my dad has taught me about this isn't what i have to take as the full story for me now Mm. um but i also think i had different perspective on like betting on myself because of his success and failures at entrepreneurship Mm. forever it's like seeing somebody in real estate like the things that also like it was just such a different time your dad did some wild shit my dad did some wild shit in business but also like he was never afraid but i also think they had a lot less reasons to be afraid in terms of the market and finance than we do Mm. so like explain like i mean i feel like you know, there was one, obviously, like the housing scarcity stuff. Like we're at the lowest number of available houses, like existing houses in the United States that we've ever been at. So meaning like any house that was already built and is for sale, our inventory is at the lowest rate it's ever been at. So in the 70s, that wasn't the case. And like at the in the 80s, that wasn't the case. So like the fact that my dad didn't have more than $5,000 and was able to buy a three family like house in Providence. That's not a thing. Like, and with no bank, he wasn't banked. He walked in. I don't know what he said. That ass. That's like when you could, (laughs) it was like funny. Like when I watched like the old, uh, like documentary, like say like cocaine cowboys. Yeah. Like literally motherfuckers would go buy a plane cash and nobody would bet. No one would say anything. I feel like that was everything. Like you could bargain at the mall. Like I'm like, yo, what in the hell? Yo, the eighties was a wild fucking time. For sure. I mean, to think that my parents owned a fish and chips restaurant on Atwell's Avenue, like an Indian guy. My uncle Bridge was there, Indian. So two Indians who are vegetarian (laughs) and my mom, who was a vegetarian Portuguese lady making fish and chips for the the families of the families in Providence. is yo your father always swore that that shit was fire? He's still like to the like, day he died. Oh, because I always wonder. I'm like, yo, did the nigga ever eat this shit? I don't know if he ever ate it. He <laughs> remember like we would be cooking regular stuff. He'd be like, yo, like you need to batter it. Like I'm like, yo, you have not made fish and chips in '78. Like we're gonna need you to chill. But nah, I do think like you know breaking free from those different opinions. Like I can, I should get a credit card. I don't need to be afraid of the fact that like there's credit yeah. on the other end. 
I'm not going to be like super tied to being afraid of my retirement or like also the fact that as they're aging, like they're, we were talking about this the other day, like our parents' financial responsibilities become our responsibilities. Uh, so I'm it, like. Yeah, but that's another thing is like, like I always talk about like the idea of white privilege. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, like, uh. I think a lot of people always talk about this shit and like the, Obviously, like the most obvious way, right, right. Like it's like like a motherfucker cutting you at the grocery store. Right, the small like daily actions like of the, I, the, the, I don't su- give a shit about anyone else. Yeah, like the, the subconscious things that right. happen. But I think about a lot of those things where it's like you can get a manager for your family's estate. You have property managers. You have lawyers. You have it, it's like it, yo, I've written wills for family members like literally while they're on their dying bed, and we're like googling legal Zoom documents because we don't even know what to do. Like. Yeah. Not, it's just it's nuts. But I th- I think about that stuff all, like to me I think th- that stuff is a privilege priv- priv- privilege <laughs> privilege and a luxury. It's a hundred percent a privilege. Like to you know like like those small things is because you, you think about like now even like our idea of like com- and community and to me I think it's a double edged sword though because it's you never really want to let go like there's something special about our cultures mm-hmm. and the communal aspect. Right, right. For sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something that, like, you know, some some folks and some cultures, it shows that they don't have that. A home base but, and, like, people but, that they check in on and check on and you know, in on them. But but then there's there's also a part where it's like, well, how do we grow... Past our, uh, the, stand, the expectations of the system. How do we grow this, like, to make mm-hmm. sure it's like, yo... You you can live. You're not surviving. You can live. <sighs> yes. You can live, and it's not a burden to other family members. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I th- and honestly, I don't know how that happens. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I think it's really incremental, yeah. and it's like boundary setting in the smallest ways. Like it's simply, you know, even today I had talked to my mom and be like, "Yo, you're at one point in your life, and like." You're looking at your bank account, like, these are your savings, this is your retirement. Like, I'm looking at bank, my bank account, like, I have to figure out the rest of my life with this. Mm. And so, like, I'm at a place where I'm excited to have the rest of my life to explore and change. And I'm choosing career paths. You already have chosen your career path and retired from it. And you're now figuring out what you want to do to explore and have this time, hopefully, to take care of yourself and do whatever you want to do. But I think... Like, yo, just simply having that conversation is something new. Like, I wouldn't have had that conversation a few years ago where I'm like, I respect where you're at. I, You can't expect me to be at the same place you are financially or mentally because I'm not in that place in my life. Like, yeah. I'm so much, I'm in a, when you were 31, you were not like overly concerned about, you know, whatever, retirement or, and it was like, you were, you were worried about it in the same sense as any other 31 year old where it's like peripheral or you're hoping you're doing the right things, but you know, my mom is hyper-focused on that right uh, now. And it's like, I'm not, I can't be, I'm an entrepreneur. I've chosen a certain life path. I'll, I'm figuring out how to be financially stable. Also, ma, we're in a pandemic. Uh, so like, I think the money fear stuff is something that always creeps up. And the more we can have conversations, it's like, yo, you, I understand your fears. You're not wildin'. You came from a place like, not even initially. I mean, like throughout your lifetime up until now, you've had so many moments of instability. So it makes sense. And I understand. But like, I have to understand how to function within my own instabilities. And I think that I think that shit is liberating, though, to when you understand that shit, mm-hmm. though, because I realized that like, yo, when I talk, I have like a lot of friends who, you know, they're, you know, like their parents would be like, it's almost like their parents have infinite ownership 
over them uh, like forever. Yeah. Like it's like, yo. If you're in that situation, I feel you because it's been a long process for me to break that. But like infinite ownership isn't like, yo, you know, you got to get this type of job. You got to do this. You got to do that. We're and, shouting out all the first generation Indians, Africans, Pakistanis. It, but, if you Nigerians stand up, if you Ghanaians stand up. But but it but it's to me it, it's I don't know, I think it's I I think this shit is so it's so interesting, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean it's a hundred percent something that I think is cultural and yeah, I feel like obviously it happens across all cultures and there's different varying degrees of parents who are controlling or overbearing or just feel like they want to be the decision makers in their children's lives way past 18. But I do think like, yo, it is an incremental thing where we can start to define our own relationships with all of these things, with our careers, with our jobs, with our partners, with how we feel about our houses. It's like, yo, I can't think through the lens of like a parent who bought their house in 1978. Yeah, you know like. You know what's mad fire. You know what's mad fire though, mm-hmm. is and I think I at least I hope that everybody gets to like this space with their with their parents, right? Is when it's almost like reversed, mm. like when it gets to the point where it's like you know, like your whole life, your parents spend all this fucking time teaching you shit. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, this is like how you do and this. also telling you that they know everything better than you. Yeah. So like shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's like really like maybe like. That's I would like, say over a, a quarter of your life mm-hmm. is probably that, right? Right. But now I'm starting to realize, like in in my 30s, mm-hmm. like my mom's like taking stuff from me, <laughs> and that shit is like, yo. But the way parents take advice from you still be shady. Explain. It's like, yo, they be watching you do something, and then like secretly be trying to figure it out by themselves <laughs> without asking you, so they don't make you sound like you know what you're doing. And then eventually, once they stop being shy, they might poke around. But it's like. I'm like, where'd you get that? What is that? Instead of being like, oh my God, like I want to try that. It's see, like, see, my, my mom, my mom is like the exact opposite. Like, she'll just come up and let you know. Like, no, anything she sees me doing, she'll just be like, oh, like what is that? Like, so, so you got your mom on the maca powder? Nah, not yet. <laughs> I think you know, my my mom got like a, a thyroid issue, mm-hmm. so like she really can't use like certain supplements. So like, it, it's kind of weird because like they'll tell you. So this, this is interesting, right? So they'll say to use CMOS. They. For, they. The <laughs> people, you know, the, the the holistic natural community is will say that CMOS is good for your thyroid, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't, like, if you take that, like, you don't really need to take thyroid, thyroid medicine. Thyroid medications. Mm-hmm. But if you're on thyroid medicine, right. then you shouldn't be taking it's CMOS. It's the same idea with, like, grapefruit and antibiotics or it's like you can take, grapefruit helps lower XYZ. But it also counteracts the medication that lowers X Y Z. Yeah. So it's like, nah. It's it's it is confusing when I hear that. I'm like, so are we just? But you know, what? we're so not gonna I, get too deep in the theory bag. Take a medication. So you know, it'd be, it'd as be, prescribed, it'd be, it'd be certain <laughs> shit that's like, you know, I'm not gonna be the one to tell you, oh, don't do this. No, or, you are not. Yeah. Yeah, but but she, you know, like, but she'll, she'll like she'll take up like a cooking tip from you. Like, what's she doing? Yeah. She's drinking smoothies in the morning. Yeah, you know, it's like, like avocado toast. Like when she saw. Like during the pandemic, when she see me like using like CMOS or whatever, she's like, "Oh, like what is that?" And then like she's like tr- like trying that. Then I, you know, I had to do like the Googles, like, "Oh, like I don't know if you can <laughs> if you can use this." But you know, like she's on like her black seed oil shit like oh, every yeah. day. It's actually been helping her asthma and diabetes a lot. That's so dope. So it's like, but it's like funny or like your recipes. Doesn't she like your chicken wings? It chicken wings, like anything she sees me make mm-hmm. that she does not make. Like she's like, "Oh, like she's gonna make her own version, <laughs> her own version of it." Even like yo. Yo, this is when I knew though. I was like, oh, 
I'm going cra- I'm going crazy in this crib right now. Mm-hmm. Rice. Because you know you know how like your mom got a rice recipe and but I, but mm-hmm. I feel like moms in general, like and they all got the rice hands. Like they know <laughs> how to make the perfect fucking rice. Yo, it's true. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's never too wet, it's never too dry. Yeah, like it's they, well seasoned. You can always. eat it cold, you can eat it plain. Like they always know how to make the the perfect Shouts rice. Shouts to the rice hands. And then yo, like one day she was like, yo, uh, I want to I want to make the the rice the way that you do and I was like I was like yo yeah. whew, that's You like crazy. leveled up that day? Yeah, that, that's when I knew that's when I knew my sh- cuz my mom would tell me if my shit's whack though. My mom's still like yo my mom is so stubborn. Like I'll bring her like an avocado toast or something like the day that she, after she got the vaccine and was like kind of out of it. I was like oh, I'm going to make you breakfast. I brought it to her and she was like I don't I don't really eat that or whatever. And like I like leave and then two hours later she's like, Oh my god, that was so good. And I'm like, Ma, why do you like fake resist it? Mm. Like, just just let it be. But one thing my mom has adopted and has taken a huge liking to is Alexa. Mm. And it's not directly from me, but we definitely fought her tooth and nail to like have a little bit I of remember, technology. I remember when she got that shit. Yo, but her and my aunt's accent, like the way they talk to Alexa is woo. Lord. <laughs> my mom be in the house listening to J Ho. The freaking song off of Slumdog Millionaire because she just like asked for Indian music and it's mm. Alexa so it just plays whatever random TV show Indian music I'm like lady but I hope to get I hope to grow to a place where my mom and I are like exchanging more mm. tips and I have a major goal to not be as stubborn to my mom as she is to me because Lord have mm. mighty light Lord have mighty Yo, you're like the fucking Lord it, Almighty. No, 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 hold up, hold up. Is it a is it an Allstate commercial? Which w- one? No, no. There's a there's a commercial right now, right? That is basically like an older man coaching younger. Oh yeah, people yeah. I think it is not, like progressive. Yeah, Allstate. not to be like their parents. Yo, that's me right now. My mom be coming to talk to me about stuff, and I'm like, all right, Sabrina, don't match her energy right now because she's gonna be wilding. Today mm. she came down talking about. She wanted to, she wants to flip houses. I was like, sis, you're 71 years old. You don't even want to paint a wall. Like, you mm. do not want to flip a house. But She's been watching that HGTV? She was like, I just been home a lot. I'm like, see, that's the thing. I understand you need to go for a walk. You need to do a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. You need to call a friend. Yeah, I got, I got this one aunt that like, she goes crazy on Sudoku. Really? See, like I want for, my mom to for, get some for like fucking year. Like that's games. all she does. That was my grandfather. My dad, mom's dad, used to kill the crosswords, which I love a crossword. I do the New York Times crosswords every morning. I did today under one minute. Word. I'm sorry. Just letting. If you if you don't play, you should play them. B- big nerd vibes. I love. Do you not like crosswords or like word searches or? Honestly, like I haven't done that shit since it was like homework. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, we should do a challenge on the show. Like how fast you can yeah, do a crossword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. Shit this is, I said the show, but you get what I mean. Um, and I want to do some trivia. I'm a trivia nerd too. You already know that. You though. got a you got a question right now? Well, we'll we'll see if we can drum one up by the end of the episode. Uh, we'll ask Rue, who's production managing and directing and producing and doing back there. Um, yeah, so. What else is happening for life right now? Yo, I don't know. I'm just I'm just happy to where the fuck we're at right now. Me too. I'm grateful. Like with with all of this shit. Um hopefully, you know what I'm saying? We could get back to some functions soon. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I keep saying we're getting back to functions and you keep acting like we're not getting back to functions. So oh. I would just I think it's been 
I agree with your initial sentiment in the beginning of the episode that was like, there's this shell shock of like how to move forward optimistically while still living in this world that's like greatly changed. And also that's still full of a lot of hardship and like stressors. So it's that balance of like wanting to be hopeful, but still understanding that shit is still so messed up and hopefully we can take it a day at a time. And I feel real grateful to be in New England. Sun's starting to get. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to do when we could like DJ. Yeah. When 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 we can DJ. Can I I DJ? Hell man. When I could like DJ for real, for real. Yeah. Is I'm going to like, like before I even played the song, just like, yo, just fucking just scream. At the top of your lungs. Just get that shit out of you. You know what I'm Uh. saying? Yeah, you got to wait a while for that, the scream. Yeah. Like, when it's like, yeah, no yeah, mask no masks and shit. You can, be, you can like have people like text the number one to scream. Correct. <laughs> um, nah, but I was going to say, the daylight saving shit is so bananas. Yeah, what did you learn about that? Yo, recently? what I, well, I learned some facts, but I also learned my body. I'm like, have I never been, have I always been this affected by this? I think, yo, when you're just younger. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you come up on this show every episode and tell me I'm old. I'm not calling you old. I'm just saying like... I that's, feel- why I do, that's why I have CMOS in my smoothie. I think it truly... Well, I know statistically that the day... The Monday after daylight savings time, there are 24%... There's a 24% increase in heart attacks across the country and like admissions for heart attacks at the hospital. Because that interrupted sleep of one hour affects people that greatly. Yeah, yeah, so cut that rise and grind shit up. No, no. Yeah, sleep in. I got to like, I was thinking the other day I was having a conversation with a friend about rewards that are not based in food or in money. Mm. So like, what are ways that we can, because food and money are the same thing. You have to pay food money to get food. So it's like, what are things that you could reward yourself for? So like you, you know, the whole treat yourself mentality or whatever. It's like, yo, if you've had a, a, do- a really good week, you hit some goals. Like, how do you reward yourself that doesn't include like going out to get drinks? Where do, where do sneakers fall in this? That's money. I know. That's what I usually do. I usually buy myself clothes and sneakers. I go out to eat. Mm. I eat like a crazy ass meal. And I think that those are still viable and dope. But I'm like just trying to think of other ways to reward myself. Like and sitting on the couch? Yeah, maybe. My homegirl said sleeping in. Mm. And I was like, that's such a good one because I think that that's, for me, something I don't often do. And then if I can like actually do it with knowing that it's a reward for myself, I'll probably be up at 6 a.m. anyways. But it's a cool idea. Yeah, and I'd be thinking about that shit. I don't know. Sometimes I think about this stuff. I don't know, when I get in this, like, this bag of, like, time like time and, like, what time means mm-hmm. and, like, how you use it. Yeah. But also of, like, how, you know, like, our whole existence is just about, like, how productive you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because oh. I always think about that. It's like, well, what if I did everything that I wanted to do today? Like, like does it matter? Because, like, we're programmed from a very early age. Oh. And well, if you're a child of immigrants, you know it's even... But I'm saying like even but all you, humans for sure. Yeah, but like you know, you go to school at a certain time, right? But you know, like there, there, like there's people who naturally that's like, yo, they might just do something better in the afternoon mm-hmm. than than they might in the, in the morning. Yeah. And I I personally don't think there's anything like wrong with that. So like I, I always try to think about the shit. It's like yo, all right, let's say if like we always think about like if you were to wake up. An hour or two earlier, how much more you could do. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between somebody who stays up an hour or two later? Like somebody who's like, you, you know what? 
I'm going to sleep. Instead of waking up at, I don't know, 8 a.m., mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up at 10 a.m., but I just go to sleep later. Right. But I'm still getting it's eight hours same, of sleep. Right. It's the same thing with productivity being like a one-size-fits-all kind of module, mo- module model mm. where it's like, you know, same thing with health, same thing with all the things we've talked about on this podcast where, you know, there's a standard of what we consider healthy or what we consider productive. And that actually is very different per person. So I completely agree with you. Like it's something we need to look at our individual selves and be like, why, when do I make the most, like when am I able to do the most or be, feel the most comfortable doing work or feel the most clear or the most efficient. And if we ask those questions, I think we'll feel a lot differently about like, you know, planning meetings, scheduling times and, but it's tough because honestly, the American work system, it's like, a, most jobs aren't as flexible as our productivity is yeah, like or ima- needs to be. Imagine being like I remember when I used to fucking my short lived desk job. That <laughs> was so short. Yeah, like, but looking back on it, damn, that shit felt long as hell. Not that ass. Like yo, you know, you you'll be there and you know you wouldn't want to tell a motherfucker you done like you're done. Like they would <laughs> give you this work. Like you know you finish the work you're, that you're literally doing. your job at half of well my experience is trying to look like I'm working. Yeah. Remember when I watched like 18 seasons of De- Dateline at my job? Nah, I know. Yo, I don't know. And I, the crazy part is my desk faced outward. So like people were constantly walking past my computer. Nah, like It's, it's funny because um, my job, like I was like doing like social media shit. And I remember like, you know, you'd be so, so nervous mm. and not being productive. Like, yo, like I would have like Facebook or Twitter open and they would like walk behind me and I'd sh- close the tab. But that was my literal job. <laughs> no, you wouldn't really. <laughs> yeah. Like I would just be like, oh shit. Nah, I mean, I was queen of like, let me just make a spreadsheet for what, like I just had a spreadsheet open all the time that I don't even know what it said. I, ho- I hope, I hope that that's like one of the things that comes out of this shit. But I found, I, I was just listening to a, the Marketplace podcast and they were saying that Americans are working two hours more now that they're working from home. I but I that. also don't really understand what that means because, again, working at home is a very different thing when you have like a longer lunch break or you're able to do different things. But I also feel like it's like you have no stop. For sure. Like it's just like, yeah, like there's no incentive. Yeah. Like at the crib, it's just like, yo, you just keep going. Nah, exactly. Share with us how working from home has, well, one, share with us if you have any finessments on how you look like you were staying busy at jobs. Or how you're currently looking like you're staying busy at your job, but don't get yourself caught up. So don't yeah. dry snitch, but share some ideas. And also like how working from home has kind of changed and affected this last year. I know like we, people keep talking about that, but for us, we've changed, like I, we've gotten more efficient working yeah, from home more. just because I think we work in a field that um, is really stimulating. And like, so a lot of times we're in meetings with people that we rock with or people who are designers, people who do a million things so like we're all together just getting excited and talking and we can very easily like have a four-hour meeting for something that could take 30 minutes and working from home since we all hate those zoom calls so much we are much more efficient in like getting the task out um how do you how else do you feel like working from home has shifted stuff for you well can i can i end it on this yeah yo man do not be trying to have no fucking meeting with me about anything about anything before like, I really want to say 1 o'clock, but I'll say 12.30. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is how you know you, like, you taking that whole I'm living thing very yeah, seriously. Like, it's like. Like, yo, it's like, my nigga, like, what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> at fucking 10.30 in the and morning? And just, again, 12.30 is like four hours into the work day for like five yeah, hours. But 
I don't know, it's but four four and a half hours yo, into like a normal yo, work day. Sh- shout to the homie Frank the Butcher. He says some. This is this is why I think he has the right idea about waking up early because mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do with product the, the outwork outpour for your work. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being productive. Mm-hmm. He says that he notices that he, you know, like sometimes he'll get like on calls or whatever, right? And you could tell somebody's just waking up so they're not clear. Right. So he's like, yo, he, he likes to get up early because, you know, you could go for a walk. He wants to give himself some time to actually be settled so once he's working, it's productive. So for me, that's how I'm like, I don't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. So based on the time that I wake up and the time that gives me enough time to go for a run, eat breakfast, do all these things and finally be clear, you know, that's 1230. All right. So you heard it here first. Don't call Jay before one. Yeah. And we'll find out more about your uh, needs and wants in the next episode. Um, yeah, for me, I'm good. I'm good. I don't really want to talk too early, but if you talk to me early, you're just going to probably catch a little bit of an attitude. It's okay. Word. So proceed at your own caution. Do you want random trivia? Yeah, throw us some. Rue got some trivia for us to close out. Yeah, we should, we, one, one question. You ready, Jay? Yeah. Oh, let me get ready. What? <clears throat> so what female, female rapper, rapper has six certified platinum albums? Nicki Minaj. Nuh-uh. Missy Elliott. Yeah, shout to fucking Missy. Yeah, shout to Missy though. But okay, so how many does Nicki have? Just want to know for when you have ever asked this again. Damn, so Missy, that, that me. Mm. Yo, shout to Missy. Yo, shout to Missy Elliott. This is this episode is dedicated. Dedi- definitely dedicated, <laughs> dedicated to Missy, Missy Elliott. Elliott. I hope uh, you, yo, she be responding to people on on, on Twitter. Yo, I want to meet Missy. I would love to meet Missy Elliott. But uh, that's 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 another conversation for another Ooh, time. Yo, just throwing this out there. Yeah. You know what would be a dope versus mm. Missy Elliott mm-hmm. versus Jermaine Dupri. Mm. Think about is it. Is it just their production catalog or also their singles and their albums? This is a dope thing. They could use their singles, their songs that they have by themselves. Mm, but JD doesn't have a, a huge catalog of his own music. Uh, you could say that. But he has then, a lot of features. But that, and then he has a crazy... Yeah, production catalog, Mariah so like, and Usher. And so she, you know, she might have more... Or hotter, but she had like no, I, no. I, I Missy think, is taking the whole shit. But I, I think it would be a good battle. Okay, I think it'd be a really good battle. I'm down for that. I don't know. If, does anybody? If anyone else can think of another person, Jay and I have talked about this for like six months. We cannot figure out the right person for Missy. He came up with I, JD. I, I, think, I think he's the closest that would that would give like her I was a like challenge. just for her body of work, not her production or writing. I said Busta, mm. but yeah. you'd have to separate it out. And how could you separate it out? And then it's like, then it's like, I think <laughs> Missy, Missy and the Neptunes would be crazy, but the Neptunes hand might be a little bit too heavy for anybody. All right. I feel like all of this is valid. Maybe you go, no, maybe we'll, we'll talk more about this. We'll revisit this on in a future episode. So for sure. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode Wait, do you know how many Nicki Minaj has? Four. 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 Got it. Nicki doesn't have any Grammys. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I don't uh, want uh, that, uh, that, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So <laughs> let people enjoy things. Thanks. <laughs> uh, shouts to everyone for tuning into episode five. 
It's five. <laughs> Episode five of Stay Silent Public Radio. I'm Sabrina, and this is Jay. Jay, you know, we're, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts yes. finally. We're on Spotify. Mm-hmm. We're on Anchor. We're on we that, are no we're, longer on Tidal. We're on that Google thing. Google. Like what's like what's the is it Google Podcast? Google Podcast. We're on Google Google Podcast. <laughs> and um, you can follow us at Stay Silent PVD on everything. I'm at S A Y B Z. I'm at Where's Nasty. And uh, yeah, we'll be back real soon. We hope you have been rocking with the videos and the content. We dropped some merch up on on a up on on a, up on our website recently, and we just yeah. really appreciate all the support. It's been a dope first part of the year. For sure. Yo, Daytrail Zine out now. Oh, man. I just, yo, I just got like butterflies thinking like there was a Daytrail announcement, but it's the Daytrail Zine, which is the closest thing to a Daytrail announcement we've had in a year. Yeah. So, yeah, cop the Daytrail Zine. We worked really hard on it. And we love y'all. We'll see you soon. <laughs>